0: Hello and welcome to English Link. Here we are for another Olympic podcast. Hello there. Mark here with Steve again. Yep. As always. We are in Vancouver, the Olympic City. I know. And, We're uh, looking out the window and it's
1: uh, raining and overcast.
0: Which it started out, the Olympics being raining and overcast, uh, but then we had a great string there about a week of sunny weathers.
1: Unbelievably glorious weather mm-hmm. and uh, Vancouver was a festival city like i have never seen Mm -hmm. it was extraordinary uh and and i think partly because we were helped by the weather uh there was just this outpouring of enthusiasm for the olympics and of course people waving the canadian flag and wearing Canadian colors uh... But, but very good natured they'd run up to you know run up against some swedes or some Whatever Dutchman and only USA. beat them up a little
0: bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't. No,
1: no it was extremely good natured. I mean, I thought you know, we, with tens of
0: thousands of people coming into the city, tens you know, of thousands. I mean, downtown, downtown people downtown. Yeah. It's not tens. I mean, it's just mobs of people. Okay, but it's not millions. Okay, it's a hundreds. You think so? I don't know, and maybe not quite. I but- think it's tens of thousands of people I on know. any given day. You're down there and every street you turn down is full of people. Full of people, yeah. Like, it's, I've never seen it like that. You know, and it's a very interesting phenomenon. People will go and line up for, like, five hours for something that they would normally not even bother doing. True. Because you're looking for a reason. Like, people are downtown. Right. I mean, most people are just downtown milling about. Right. And then a few people go downtown because there's lots of people. Right. And then they're looking for something to do. Okay, well, I guess we'll line up for this thing. Right. I must say I haven't been in any any of those. No, I haven't been in any of those lineups. Either. I mean, I, I'm not going to get in line to go.
1: People line up for 6 s- hours in order to get on that uh, zap line or whatever. It's zip zip line. Zip line where they hook themselves up to a cable and in 30
0: seconds they shoot across the the uh whatever it's called square Robson there. Square Robson Square I mean it's kind of neat you're up way six up six hours up high I wouldn't wait there for six hours but obviously some people are happy I know they're yeah. just happy being there I know happy in line uh amazing. it's been amazing and, and and it's not because we had the glorious weather they were out there before the weather got, right. got but nice but it was nicer with the nice weather there were more people yeah yeah. Although, and they're still out. It's not yeah. like they, they're not right. out. I mean, it's well, every night. A I, I, lot of the, Especially a lot of young people, they're yeah. just down there oh, but every they're night. all ages. Oh, oh, but the young people are there every night. they every yeah. night, yeah. But, uh, you know,
1: I think the whole thing was worth it. I think the Olympics, it's positive. And, and I, I, you know, I said I might start a blog on this whole issue of, of, you know, national identity or whatever. But people feel positively about their country. It doesn't matter which country it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were talking about the money that governments spend that they invest in training. Because I mean, if you're going to be in any of these events, Mm -hmm. bobsled, for example, having cost a fortune, Uh, but in all of them, in skiing, it's not like it used to be where you train, uh, you know, on weekends and expect to make it to the Olympics. I Mm -hmm. mean, it's a full time job. You've got every scientific evaluation instrument working for you, and God knows what equipment and stuff. And so is it really worth it? Uh, But you know what? Uh, You were saying it is, and I tend to agree with you.
0: Mm -hmm. I think it is. I mean, you look at uh, how much enjoyment people in in Canada, we see in Canada, but I'm sure it's the same throughout the world. How Mm -hmm. much enjoyment people get from seeing their country, their fellow countrymen do well. right? You know, and whatever the event, events that at least... From our perspective, no one here would ever watch most of these events. Mm-hmm. But they're in the Olympics now, and it, you're, you're, Canadians are in the events, and it's it's exciting, and, and people are watching. And, and when Canada does well, everybody is fired up, and it's a big party. But
1: okay, but then the question becomes, all right, like uh, Canada, Norway, uh, yeah, Russia probably, the U.S., Germany, these countries can afford to spend a lot of money mm-hmm. on this. As you work your way down the list... Mm-hmm. Uh, some countries don't have the means right. to, to,
0: to, to do that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so the Olympics comes down to how much money you can spend. That's basically what, I mean, it's been that way for quite a while now.
1: Except in some great events like uh, the... Uh,
0: 100 meter dash. No, no,
1: well, the 100 meter dash or the, I was going to say, those long distance uh, events right. where it seems that the athletes from the poorest countries do the best. Uh, not necessarily so well the marathon is owned by the Ethiopians and the
0: Tunisians and Moroccans well and obviously there Kenyans, it's not uh, about the money it's i mean you got to train but there's not much equipment required to, right. to run and so there you have the natural ability right uh and and you know your Jamaican sprinters but they have a tradition there i'm sure they mm. have some a program but at the same time Mm-hmm. You don't need that much in the way of equipment. Right. And the same if we look at other sports like soccer. I mean, mm-hmm.
1: Brazil, they've got right. a couple of hundred million soccer players mm-hmm. uh, so that the best mm-hmm. ones will
0: come forward. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and and again, we don't know how much money some of these countries will spend on their athletes. Like mm. maybe the Brazilians spend a lot of money on their, um, not so much on their soccer. Although they probably do. There's a lot of money in Brazilian soccer, I'm sure, oh, relative sure. to everything well, else. Well, I am Brazil. sure
1: that they get a couple hundred thousand people out to watch each match. Exactly. So that, uh, I'm sure those guys
0: are not amateurs. They're top no, soccer players. and they're in these special development programs and yeah. so on. I mean, oh, I'm sure easy. there's a lot of grassroots soccer that they they originally start playing, but mm-hmm. at a certain age, I think they're
1: Mind you, Oops,
0: worked on. Mind you, you know, if you look at hockey
1: in Canada, I don't think those. I mean, their parents spend a lot of money mm-hmm. on them, but I don't know that all of the. The problem with government spending money is, I can't imagine they're any more efficient in spending money within these sports associations than they are in any other stuff that they do as a government. So once you have bodies and you've got the head and the chairman and the subdivision yeah, and sure. committees and the rules and regulations and you have to have your level three coach and they introduce so much bureaucracy.
0: I I mean, I guess you don't know, you don't know what these associations are like. I think different associations have different levels of bureaucracy. A lot of those, uh, a lot of the Olympic sports, you know, those athletes, they don't have much, they don't get paid much. They work, they train hard. They, uh, I think most of the money does get spent probably get spent properly. Um, the, the, I, yeah. the, the bigger associations like probably the Alpine skiing and, uh, you know, hockey can. I know there were a lot of issues with Soccer Canada or whatever it's called um, where the money wasn't, there was money being spent or not spent well. or
1: I don't know. I just see a lot of people coming out here with the Olympic uh, Committee and whatnot. I, I just but think that's that it must be the same. full of that's full not of the same, bureaucrats. Uh,
0: that's that's another sure, issue though. This yeah. whole issue of the Olympic, whatever the I, whatever they're called, IOC, O-I-O-C, International yeah. Olympic Committee members. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go to any venue, you see it in the hockey arena, and I guess uh, uh, Kindry and the girls went to the figure skating last night, and and there again, half the rink is taken up by s- this special section of seating for by well, the press and the IOC. Mm-hmm. A lot of t- a lot of the time, those seats are empty. They take up more room than the equivalent number of seats Mm -hmm. outside that area like there's more space there's a desk set up uh people come and come and go as they please they obstruct seats alongside that viewing area because there's like a wall Mm -hmm. set up uh and and your fans are paying a lot of money to go Mm -hmm. and these guys fat cats get prime seats Mm -hmm. pay nothing Mm -hmm. on top of that they get picked up like all the IOC members are being squared around town by volunteers mm-hmm. in the donated cars from GM mm-hmm. wherever they want to go. I'm, I've, I know someone who's involved. They, like he he's uh, owns a ski resort and somehow I don't know exactly how, but he's involved in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. He's like a he's got special rights. Right. So he's got more tickets than he knows what to do with. He's giving them to his kids. Kids are going with their friends. The Olympic vehicle is coming to pick up his kid and his friend, and to take him to whatever venue. That's ridiculous. Like it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Those yeah. tickets should be available to people, to mm. the fans who will pay money and don't need to it, be squared around. And it's just this sort of special treatment that these IOC members get. It's ridiculous. You know, there should be there should be some kind of a freedom of
1: information thing. Yeah, I would like to know how many hangers on, useless, you know, snouts at the trough. I'm sure our uh, transcriber can get that one. Mm -hmm. You know how many useless hangers-on there are. How many bureaucrats are there here that are just uh, enjoying the party? And there's there's
0: no tickets available for anything unless you want to pay above face value now because they're all sold. Either either they're controlled by the IOC or people have them or scalpers have them. Scalpers are people that buy and sell tickets. Mm -hmm. People are all the tickets are gone. So, but. In in the figure skating, a few in a few different comp- competitions that we've seen, tickets that everybody would love to have, there's empty seats. Mm-hmm. And last what? night was the yeah. woman's final yeah. empty seats. And uh, my wife was saying that she was in seats, and just below them was a big empty area. and Nobody was there, so their seats were obstructed by this judging, or the IOC area, so they right. moved down into the empty area. Were they chased and then, out? No, they weren't. But oh, eventually it all filled up, or uh, it became not all completely full. But people started arriving. All the volunteers—they have a section made uh, or set aside or uh, for volunteers. So I'm not exactly how it mm-hmm. works, but the the volunteers, the blue jacketed guys, yes. they can go to any event they want right. because they're a volunteer. That means they're driving people around. Oh, in the okay, cars. but the volunteers work hard. They do. They work hard. Like they, they, they can be up moving garbage around at four in the morning. Right, those people. That's true. But they can go to anything, right? um, And they can sit in any empty seat because they want the seats taken. But the seats aren't taken because somebody has the tickets who's not interested in using them. Like there's just a whole lot of this kind of stuff going on, and there's people who would be dying to go and pay. And you know, I was
1: talking to this uh, judge uh, who is actually Slovakian, and he was talking, we were talking about this incident, so called, where the Russian skater was very upset that he didn't win gold and so this Slovakian who in fact was a judge and he was explaining to me why according to the system in place that Mm -hmm. they had no choice but to rule the way they did and Mm -hmm. so it was a perfectly correct decision even Mm -hmm. though some people would prefer to see more you know quadruple whatever but he was complaining that he he said at Torino uh, he could go to any event whereas here he can only go to skating events Mm -hmm. like he is a judge therefore Mm -hmm. he's an official and therefore, he can go to any skating event, mm-hmm. but he can't go and watch, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, luge or, right. or downhill. And he was complaining that, that uh, he was being restricted here. Did you say, I can't go to any event <laughs> unless I pay? Well, no. I mean, I don't <laughs> know what the
0: deal is. He's probably not paid that much to be a judge. Well, maybe, yeah. But uh, he was a very nice guy. Very <laughs> nice guy. Plus, yeah, they yeah. get scorn heaped down on them by well, everyone who doesn't get the result they were looking for. Well, I know. It's a major political issue. Putin, I think, has declared Plushenko
1: well, the winner yeah. You know, well,
0: I gotta say the Russians are uh, can't be too happy. You've Gotta be crying in their vodka over they, there they're after they're their not team's not doing well. Their hockey team got smoked by Canada in I the quarterfinals.
1: They're not happy. They they certainly have their work cut out for them for Sochi, because if they have these kinds of results in Sochi. Mm-hmm. But I was listening to my r- Russian radio program and, yeah, I mean, there are some issues. They said right away we're going to build ourselves a bobsled track in Sochi mm-hmm. and we're the only ones <laughs> <laughs> who are going to use that bobsled track because it's laid down and this is what the Americans did in Salt Lake and this is what the Canadians did mm-hmm. and you, you're only required right. to allow other people access to it. So you got to hand it to the Germans. Apparently, everybody in the world trains in Germany. Mm-hmm. Six of the perhaps half dozen or the six of the 10 tracks in the world are in Germany right. all the technicians all the designers everything mm-hmm. related to bobsled is in Germany right. and everyone trains there mm-hmm. but if you have your own track then presumably you have an advantage now uh, is there not a track in calgary
0: or to, uh, from, um, the, from the last there time there might had the be yeah there
1: probably is but i guess the advantage is that you get to train all the time on your own track right Although uh, th- there was a uh, rather unfortunate uh, what we would call yellow journalism out of the u k where they were trying to blame the unfortunate uh you know accident mm-hmm. uh, deadly accident involving the Georgian loser uh, on Canada in some mm-hmm. way, which is a completely ridiculous first of all, the track was designed by a German mm-hmm. and then they were s- suggesting somehow that that this guy if he had had more experience, he had actually been down it forty times twenty six
0: times twenty six times or whatever. Right. They're so. allowed at they they're allowed to go forty he had been down 26 times already before right. he, uh, yeah so lost there's control. a lot of I mean I think it it was a totally freak thing freak things happen and there's a lot of sniping around and, and I saw this sort of worst
1: Olympics ever the British were the first to say, and of course that gets picked up right away so uh, in my Russian thing they're saying the worst Olympics ever and stuff like that uh, I mean I guess it depends on your perspective if you're a journalist and, and you got rained on or your bus was late then you get unhappy but from the point of view of the average Vancouverite, who's paying the bill here, mm-hmm. most of it, I think it's been a tremendous success.
0: Well, I, and I think, uh, you know, there were some some early comments by the British press, I, I understand. Um, but I think now, I think the, the perception is quite a bit different. I mean, people are saying this is one of the best ever, and I mean, as far as the the, the uh, you know, support, community support, people getting excited in the Olympic spirit. I mean, they say the only Olympics to rival it was the one in Australia, and that yes. was the Summer Olympics. So, I mean, there's a lot of positive things happening, and, and I, I know I, I heard firsthand from one of the Swiss, one of the players on the Swiss national team, mm-hmm. and, I mean, he said he's been, this is the third Olympics. He was in Torino. He was in uh, Salt Lake, and he said, like, hands down, like, it's, it's a night and day. This is by far the best. But, you know, I think it depends on, again, what sport
1: you're in and what sure. happened to you. Uh, certainly, from a hockey perspective, uh, this uh, is the best. Because you're staying in luxury apartments down on False Creek. Right. Uh, with a
0: bird's eye view of the mountains and the whole city. You're playing in, in a... On the water. On the, the water. The, the, the hockey rink's around the corner. Uh, and it's uh, an uh, NHL e- first world e- class. You're e- e- yeah. downtown, right downtown Vancouver. And right. in the, in the Athletes Village in Vancouver... They're basically they're million dollar condos on the waterfront. Right. On, on no, the waterfront, no, no. I mean that's what they are. <laughs> but I gather the village
1: in Worcester is not uh, not as nice. It is a little more Spartan, more right. along
0: the uh, traditional lines, right. more of
1: an army barracks. And and the other thing is that some of the events. I mean, yeah, it was unfortunate with the weather conditions here at Cyprus, mm-hmm. and even some of the uh, cross country events. When I saw that Slovenian uh, cross country skier slide off the track. Mm-hmm. Down into a, a, a ravine just about, and yeah. she then had rib broken ribs and kidney damage or, or whatever. And she still mm-hmm. competed and won the bronze medal. That's amazing. But how can they have it so that you can just slide off the track and fall down this ravine? Uh, I don't know. I don't know either. I don't so know. I, I think there were some technical issues. My biggest beef with the uh, VANOC, which is the Vancouver organizing committee, is that the, the whole what struck me as very arrogant, like they chased some poor Greek who had a pizza parlor called Olympic Pizza, and he had to change his name. No, he didn't in the end. But that was a long time ago. Too, yeah, right? but they yeah. had a, there's arrogance. I just felt that they were very pushy in their no. whole approach. Anyway, that's Anyway, I we don't
0: need to discuss the uh, nuts and bolts. Uh, no, it's, well, it's no. It's more about the competition. Well, that's There's been right. some great uh, yeah. stories, and, and what, just, it's been thing? lots of fun lots watching them. Lots of fun, them, and
1: it's, it's extraordinary.
0: For example, it was interesting watching the Chinese curlers,
1: because... Obviously, curling is not a popular mm. national pastime in China. Right. It is in Canada. I mean, probably mm-hmm. Canada has more people curling than anywhere else in the world. Uh, every I'm, little community. I'm sure. Not, like, not probably. But certainly. By a factor of 10. You know, every little community and, uh, has curling. I mean, curling is what you do in the winter, right? Right. But in China, they may be the only four curlers in China. I don't know. Yeah. And yet, they are the world champions. Mm-hmm. And I gather that they were uh, long-distance uh, speed skaters. Oh really? And of course, the Chinese government said, "Hey, you know, curling. There's a medal. We'll pick some people with some good athletic ability, mm-hmm. you know,
0: and we'll train them. Mm-hmm. And there they are, world champions. Yeah, four of them. I understand that they uh, they spend the winter in Edmonton or something, and, and uh, oh, sure, curl I mean, over here, yeah, well, <laughs> got to play against somebody. Well, that's right. <laughs> so if you pick people who have uh, this basic."
1: Uh, Athletic ability right. and, and this, the right frame of mind, yeah. and they learn it, and then they come out here and they get some top-flight competition, and mm-hmm. uh, there you are—they're they're yeah, internationally competitive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Next time, next thing you know, we'll have a, a curling team from Ethiopia. Yeah, you know, uh, spend a couple of winters in Edmonton, and uh, they're ready to go.
0: It is a bit of a funny sport, really. Is you know, go Your on. mom is like
1: totally into it now. Really, she's there watching now. Canada, Sweden. <laughs> oh, it's the finals! It's the finals, yeah, and right. she loves it. She that's that's one of the yeah. things she most likes watching. Right. I don't understand it. I still don't understand <laughs> it. But uh, it's it's just about a national sport.
0: Yeah. Well, especially small towns. Yeah. Uh, it's not so popular in the cities, but uh, in the small towns, they're oh. uh, they're crazy about it.
1: Well, I know. I mean, uh, Manning, Alberta, a thousand people, I and mean, they followed the the uh, Canadian cha- championships that led up to mm-hmm. the selection of Kevin Martin.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, that was big news. That was bigger than hockey. That was mm-hmm. bigger than anything there. Mm-hmm.
0: Anyway, yeah. Well, we got a few days left. a Few days left. Of course, the big uh, big event for us will be that Canada hopefully beats Slovakia tonight. Yeah. And uh, makes it to the gold medal game. Looks against the U.S. Surprising, surprising.
1: I, I would have called Finland to beat the U.S. But yeah. um,
0: anyway, anyway, we'll see. We'll, uh, we'll be back after right. next week, and then you'll, we'll either be happy or sad. That's it. Okay. <laughs> Talk to you next time. Bye for now. Bye.